0: listening to Jerry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, little Tom Petty there, always good. We lost so many great musicians before their time. Um, we're going to go right back to the phones. We were talking fishing with Nate Zielinski, and now we're going to talk hunting. Welcome back, Nate. Hey, Terry. you know that song my dad and I used to uh,
1: Fish the Colorado River. We used to fish uh, big marabou jigs, these big giant browns out of Glenwood. And uh, we used to always listen to that song, Driving That Stretch of River. It was always fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how, you know, music and the outdoors both bring back a lot of memories.
1: Oh, uh, that's you know, a little trigger.
0: There. Yep. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we have a mantra, you and I, on the show. It's don't get ready for hunting, stay ready for hunting. But we're getting to the time of year where certain things are elevating in priority. I mean, you should be understanding your gear, whether you're rifle or archery hunting, you should be practicing. You should be making sure everything's in place. You should know have your licenses and know where you're gonna hunt. And another thing that's really becoming a priority is it's time to be scouting even
1: more. Absolutely Terry. So we're kind of where we're at, just so everybody knows. Um, Licensing is one of the big things, right? So there's always options of how you obtain your license. We have the primary draw that all our big game, you know, holders apply for in April, basically the first April or the first Tuesday in April. Everybody applies, you know, you're excited, you get those results. Then we have the option of the secondary draw. Those tags were due a week ago, um, and they were all came out in the last two days. So as of yesterday afternoon, 100% of the results of the secondary draw are now out. So I know a lot of hunters were not successful or didn't have a plan after the first, and they were really counting on the second. At this point now, you should have your options. So obviously we have one more opportunity coming up in August um, or hunters will have the leftover list, right? So you'll start to see whatever's leftover opportunities there, or you're looking at one of our over the counter hunt, uh, especially for elk, you know, archery, second, third rifle. But regardless by now, you should have a really good idea. I, I wouldn't count on the leftovers. You have a good idea of what you're going to do. You're either going to hunt, you know, over the counter or you have your tag in hand. So number one, it is time to start planning because now we know what licenses are there. So number one, you have that plan. Uh, number two obviously is a very different year so concepts that I want to talk about we have obviously the the major changes in the northwest corner we've talked about it a lot I don't want to beat it up but we have had you know license reduction closed areas so we have a lot of hunters moving to different areas Colorado Parks and Wildlife has also done more closures this year in calving areas and I think this is a great thing as much as I hate to see some of our Forest Service roads not be accessible uh, in the spring during calving, uh, but those roads will open up here soon, but we've had some road closures due to the calving, and I know a lot of hunters have, have struggled with that, so it's education, right? So it's one of those things that I tell people, hey, if you're getting out of the scouting, know the area, know what roads are open, know your access point, all that kind of stuff, so we're kind of talking about that. And number three, obviously we have more moisture than we've ever had. There's still a lot of snow in the extreme high country like we talked about during our fishing segment, so I can honestly say that I have been watching deer. I have been watching elk. I've been watching pronghorn. And I have some drastic changes um in all accounts. So number one, one of the areas that I probably find my biggest really high country mule deer in. They have not moved into that country because the snow delayed them so much. Um, it got to the point where they kind of made up, you know, their home shop in lower elevation basin. So my deer have not shown up where they normally are and they have kind of totally moved and changed up their average patterns. I found them. I am back on track, but it took me several weeks to dial in where my big deer were at due to some of the, the snowpack in the areas I'm at. Obviously, we don't have that snowpack statewide, so some of the areas where you might be, you might not see that. But regardless, if you have not been out scouting, I would not say this is one of those years that you're trusting old information, old migrations, old habits. It's one of those things that I would definitely get out there firsthand and understand if your area is going to be successful or not with game. So deer had some some major change-ups there. My elk are not migrating near as much. So I am seeing the elk in the normal areas but I am definitely not seeing as much movement from food water bedding concepts there there's water everywhere every nook and cranny in the state of colorado has water right if it's a divot in a rock it has water on these for for these animals to drink so we're seeing very little migration to water holes um obviously there's more grass than we're used to where these animals used to migrate further uh to find the the perfect food source there's food everywhere and we also have so much growth that i'm seeing them have more options for bedding i elk the other day bedded in some pretty wide open country because the grass was tall enough to give them shelter to feel safe so i more than anything i'm seeing less animals because they're not migrating as much so now where you know i'm only seeing them at first light and last light in a very small little migration from food water to bed as we in the past i was seeing them go further to get to the food and have to migrate back to the water and migrate back to their bedding. So the animals are still there. They're still doing their daily habits. They look great with all the moisture. Um, It's one of those things that there's just less opportunity to see them because they're moving around less because they don't have to um so it's one of those things that if you are an elk hunter um it is going to be one of those years that i think more time in the field scouting is going to benefit you on your hunt um just with everything happening again there's water everywhere so if you're an archery hunter or a muzzle loader um i don't think you're going to have those patterns on the water holes like you normally would because there's so many places to drink so many places to wallow um i mean there's mud pockets everywhere. Um, So so those are probably the biggest change-ups as far as animals go. You know, we have area closures, we have some road closures, we have less migration, so a lot of stuff happening. I can also say on the pronghorn front, uh, I went out to kind of Kiowa and I couldn't access four or five of my fields, and I couldn't access a handful of the walk-in access areas. They're still open to walk-in access, but the roads leading me in a mile to where I would normally park were closed due to the road getting washed out. So, I have a couple areas where my where the literally you know, drainages, old river bottoms became active rivers um, and it shut down the migration. So I have a couple properties that my pronghorn are simply not on because they couldn't get there due to water. I have other areas that my access is drastic now. It used to be an easy in and out and now it is a very committed hike to get in and out uh, due to road closures out there. So hunting, get out, learn the resource. At the end of the day, time in the field right now is probably more important on this year with all this moisture and the the crazy winter we had probably stronger than ever so i encourage all hunters get out spend some time in the field learn the access learn the road learn the animals learn how to you know navigate in and out of the areas you're hunting all of those type things are going to lead to a very uh, a much more successful hunt this coming fall just by getting out there and then kind of on the the gear side, and we'll kind of talk about all this. Um, I per- personally really like to shoot a certain round out of a three hundred win. Three hundred win is a caliber that I shoot a lot of animals with. I love hunting with it. Um, and I went to about 10 retailers in the last couple days, and I cannot find that ammo. So even though we've bounced back from kind of the big COVID push with stuff, some things are still not available. The reason I say this, if you shoot a particular caliber, I shoot certain bullets, Um, do not count on it being there. Go out now, go to your retailers, find ammo. If you can't find it and you're going to switch ammunition, switch now to where you have all summer to shoot, get comfortable, learn that bullet, learn how it flies, learn the ballistics, all of that type thing. So if you're getting gear, get it now. So you're going to be trained with it for hunting season, get out scouting, learn the resource. All of those things are the simple things that lead to a successful hunt this coming fall.
0: We're really out of time, but I want to make a couple points real quick. One is if we all of a sudden turn hot and dry, we're going to have to really watch how these conditions unfold. We're very seldom this wet this late into the year, but things could change in a hurry, especially drying out of undergrowth. So I think you're going to
1: really have to be on top of that, don't you? 100%. hundred percent. We have so much. Yeah. It's just a lot, lot of stuff happening. I think planning your days to get out at least every two weeks, even if it's just for a couple hours, is what I would suggest to everybody out there. And last, what do you got coming up for activities real quick? You know, we, we're full-blown in our guide trip, so we're entering a really strong time of year for, again, the last the live bait rigging for walleye. We're doing a lot of reaction bait for walleye, a lot of cool night trips for walleye on that suspended bite. So great walleye trips, great pike trips. I'd suggest everybody getting out for those. We have a youth catch rate event coming up on July 19th. So not this Wednesday, but the following. But I encourage you, put it on your calendars. This is all for the youth. So if you have your parent and you want to get your youth involved, bring Bring them out here. Uh, we're going to have opportunities for youth to get on boats, youth to get some gear, lots of prizes. So regardless, we'll fill you in more. You go to our website, go to go to our Facebook page. But our, we have our youth event on on July 19th. I uh, encourage everybody there. And then we have our task event, which is another great youth event, on July 29th. So anything, watch our Facebook pages, get more information. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up on event sides.
0: And of course, that's Tightline Outdoors. Thank you, my friend, and welcome back. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Nate This We're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to continue on the shooting side when we're joined by the folks from Colorado Clays on Terry from Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1043 The Fan.